You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 93. Welcome to Heart Food. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo Ortega. This is a weekly podcast for introverted, super sensitive, smart, and deeply ambitious women who have a call in their heart that they deserve more. My goal is to give you more strength, freedom, confidence, and purpose in your life through the four different avenues that this podcast will be covering. Mindset, nutrition, health, movement, and cooking, business, sales, communication, and entrepreneurship, and lastly, spirituality and psychology. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and reach out to me at any time at Ashley K. Pardo. Share this podcast with others who you think might love it. And please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey friends, happy Monday if you are listening to this episode on the day that it comes out, which is now Mondays. Also, how are you liking the new song and the new feel to the podcast? I feel like I had to get that out there because it's a different sound, obviously. But today we are back with a solo episode from me, and it's really going to be part heart to heart between you and me, sort of what my thoughts are about what I'm going to be talking about, which is going to be tracking and how you can begin tracking, who tracking is for, who tracking is not for, and why we should track or not track and what that entails and what the nutrients are that we should be tracking and why. So if you have been, you know, looking at my social media lately, looking at my content and my posts, you might be seeing that I am talking about this stuff now, sort of going into maybe something more scientific, wanting to get people more results, and really just wanting to say, hey, if you want to do something with your body, whatever you want to do is cool. I feel like, and I have talked about this on past podcasts and on my social media, I feel like now there is a shame happening out there of like, you can't lose weight, you can't gain weight, you have to eat super clean, you have to go and eat, you know, just indulgent on all the time. And none of that really works for a lot of people. And I feel like the stuff that doesn't work is really in the extreme. And it's either again, like too super clean, anti-inflammatory 100% of the time, or it's like eating off the rails. And that's something that can happen to us, right? When we swing between restrict and binge, when we have trouble finding that gray area. And my goal for my clients is to find the way of eating that works for them, both in what they actually eat and also in the behaviors around the food. So there is never really like a blanket statement that we should be saying for what we should be eating because everybody has to come up with that on their own in order for it to be sustainable. So let me say that again. My goal for all of you is not to really tell you what to eat exactly. I mean, there are there is science behind what's going to op- optimize blood sugar and hormones and our satiety and sort of keep our appetite at bay. Not that appetite needs to be avoided, but it would be beneficial for us if we're not like starving all day. And then, you know, there's many, again, other physical things that happen in the body. But when it comes to the actual foods that we're eating, unless you come up with that for yourself, maybe with somebody's help, like a guide or a nutritional therapist or another practitioner, 
that way of eating is not going to last. So this is a process of self-discovery and really thinking to yourself, what is it? What does my eating look like long-term that reaches my goals and also makes me happy? So that's like the two things that we should be doing, right? When it comes to our eating, figuring out a way that works for us. And this can take a lot of time. I find that for most people, it can take between six months to a year and a half, which is why you really won't find for me nutrition packages that I offer that are less than six months because it just does a disservice to you. Really takes a long time, but really what is the span of a year and the span of your whole life? So just want you to keep that in mind and know where I'm coming from off the bat. I do believe that when we begin to look at our relationship with food and look at our eating, unless we do the work of our beliefs and our patterns and really seeing what the loop in our head is telling us and really examining our self-worth, our self-esteem, what we believe we deserve, self-care, our self-talk, our mindset around all of this stuff, the results aren't going to last either. So that is why I place such a big emphasis on that, both in what I talk about here on the podcast and on you know the people that I work with one-on-one and the people that I chat with every single week. So because of that, I'm actually going to be offering some free 20-minute consults. I actually have not announced this uh, on my social media yet because I wanted to leave it open first to my email subscribers and my podcast listeners. So I actually announced this last week to my uh, email list and half the slots got filled up like in two hours. Um, And I will be announcing it again at some point in the next few days to my email list. But if you guys want to do that, if you want to get on the phone with me for 20 minutes to troubleshoot what is going on with your diet right now? We would spend, you know, to get you towards your goals, we would spend maybe tw- 10 minutes, the first half of the call, talking about what you're doing right now. We'd really do a deep dive into your current practices. And then the last half of the call would be me giving you the one to two biggest style movers that are going to help you going forward. So this is absolutely free. I hardly ever do this, but I did want to offer it since so many people have been coming to me lately for nutrition advice. And that is, you know, my passion, as you all know. So you can head to the show notes if you want to sign up for this. You can send me a DM on Instagram or you can sign up in my Instagram bio. You will see that it says schedule a free call right there. But don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions, as always. So let's get into the meat of the episode. This is actually going to be me going off of a blog post that I wrote uh, a couple years ago. And I've known about macros for a long time. And really, when it when I say macros, I really just mean tracking your food. And I do think that for a lot of people, you can start out with intuitive eating. And many of you might be listening thinking, wait, what the heck? <laughs> Why is she talking about macros when she is, you know, really promoting intuitive eating? Like, aren't those the opposites? And to me, I've learned this through both working with my clients and with myself, I do think that for some people, counting and tracking, again, if you are in a healthy headspace, I do think it can be extremely beneficial just from just to sort of open your eyes to what is going on. If we look at the current state of our food system and the foods that are available to us and also the foods that are most delicious, those foods were created to override certain 
you know, mechanisms in the brain, like dopamine, uh, which is the pleasure neurotransmitter. You know, whenever we see a like on our Instagram, we see that notification pop up. Whenever we buy something, whenever something like pleasure centered happens, like eating food, um, you know, again, online shopping or something like that, we get a hit of dopamine in the brain and the brain really likes that. And it continues to ask for more. And this is actually a small reason why maybe like a small intro as to why addictions develop, not saying that this is an addiction per se, but it does involve like the same neurotransmitter in the brain. So that is why it can be, from an intuitive eating perspective, really hard to intuitively eat sugar or other processed foods, because if you just quote unquote, listen to your body, then what's going to end up happening? Your body's just going to tell you to keep eating. And honestly, I could do, probably will do at some point, a podcast episode just about my thoughts on the anti-diet space out there compared to where I come from, which is really, you know, food as self-care, food as empowerment, really thinking of a way of eating that works for you. But I started seeing that, first of all, many people out there were talking crap about anybody that tracks, saying that, you know, you have an unhealthy relationship with food if you do that. And also many people coming to me saying that they felt lost uh, because they wanted a certain result and they were basically... You know, I think sometimes intuitive eating for people who are not educated in nutrition and food, which does take a long time, it is a skill to learn, you're sort of throwing spaghetti on the wall in a sense, like, oh, is this working or not? Like, I really don't know if this is working. And um, again, I'm not really talking about a mindset journey right now, because that is something entirely different that, you know, I think we all need to go through. But if you are just, if you have a good relationship with food, you don't feel any really emotional attachment to it, and you just want to quote unquote intuitively eat to get to your goals, that can be sort of throwing without any structure. That's like throwing spaghetti on the wall and saying like, is it working? I don't know. And then not really knowing where to go from there because you don't know what is going on. So that is why I do think that coming in and doing just observation style tracking, whether using an app like MyFitnessPal or simply writing things down, it can sort of just bring your awareness and your attention to the fact that, okay, maybe I'm having more food than I thought I was. Maybe I'm not having enough food which can also be a problem under eating. Maybe I'm not having enough protein, which is very important, especially for muscle development, to have at least 0.75 to 1.1 grams of protein per pound of body weight, depending on the individual. So again, you know, best to work with somebody to see. But I do think that it is worth it to at least spend a time period doing this so that you can then eventually intuitively eat and you can toggle between the two. So again, I don't think that just because you do this, it means that you're like giving in to the diet culture God or, or the man or whatever. I think that it can mean that you're just interested in what's happening and you want a set of data and that is okay. For me, the reason that I decided to do this was because I started lifting weights really seriously again about a year and a half ago and I wanted muscle development. I wanted my muscles to grow and I know that if I intuitively ate my protein, which is required for muscle growth, that I would never eat protein. So I decided to track and I actually had to eat a lot more protein than I thought I did. But I started to see aesthetic results and uh, strength gains in my workouts and just feeling so much better in the gym. 
if I ate in this way where I could just check in with myself and say like, okay, this is how much I should be eating right now. And this is what I am going to do. And this is what I'm going to plan for my day. So that that actually gave me a lot of freedom. And I do think that we can sort of begin to do this if we feel like we are in a healthy relationship with food, if we don't feel like we are attached to the number, which I'm not attached to either what I weigh, what I look like, uh, how much food I eat. Like I'm not emotionally attached to any of that. I know my body is going to fluctuate in a variety of ways. And like, if I eat a lot one day and like, I don't look the same a week later, uh, or if I eat, you know, if I have more than I do consistently and I look a little bit different a week later, I'm just like, okay, that's cool. I enjoyed myself. Now I might pull back and just dial it in a little bit more so that I can get back to feeling the way that I do. And for me, this really comes down to how I feel. So this past year I followed like with the help of tracking, I just followed the way that I felt and sort of started with the endpoint in mind. How do I want to feel? I want to feel strong. I want to feel confident. I want to feel empowered and amazing and, and just like I'm feeling myself in my body. And I think it's okay to say that. I feel like a lot of people shy away from saying like, hell yeah, I want to feel sexy. I want to feel like I love the way that I feel. And that for me comes from eating in a balanced way, which I'm about to get into, comes from lifting really heavy, comes from getting a lot of sleep, obviously doing my work. But if I followed the way that I felt instead of you know, and sort of leaving the way that I looked up in the air, that is what has gotten me, quote unquote, the look that I had always been chasing, which always left the way that I felt in the tank. So I usually got there by starving or by killing myself with my workouts, like just doing something completely unsustainable and really following that way that I looked, not caring how I felt along the way that I got there. And I never, if I ever got the results, maybe I did, but it was very unhealthy. I didn't have a period. Um, I, I, it was effort for me to stay there the way, you know, looking a certain way, like it was not sustainable for me to stay that way forever because what it took to get there just wasn't worth it. I felt like crap. And, you know, if you're in that place too, where like where you are right now requires you to overexercise or to restrict your food too much, like you're going to rebound eventually. Think of this as a slingshot. So, you know, you pull the slingshot back, you restrict, the more you pull it back, the harder it's going to come back, that rebound. And that's what ended up happening to me as well. So when I embarked on this journey of tracking and lifting, it was like, okay, I just want to feel great. And I focused on doing workouts that really made me feel amazing. For me, that's heavy lifting and and sweating. Um, That goes along with my human design. If you don't know what human design is, you can Google that. I'm a manifesting generator. So I need that sweating in my body, that heavy, heavy lifting in order to feel great. And I just followed that. And I ended up getting aesthetic results that like I never would have imagined I would get. And it was really because I was honoring my body, honoring my needs, paying attention to the ratios of what I was putting into my body. And now I'm at a place where I have muscle on my body and I feel amazing and I can actually eat double, (laughs) literally double what I used to eat when I was in that starvation mode. 
And that is blowing my mind. And honestly, sometimes like the more I eat, the better I look because now my, and again, that goes back to the feeling. I feel good when I eat a lot of carbs and a lot of protein and a lot of food, uh, which for me is over 2000 calories. Um, But it took a while to get there because I had to build the muscle to get there because your body really turns into like an engine source where it can just end up burning and the metabolism goes up and up and up. And again, this is all adaptable. And I can see myself going into tangents right now that I'm not going to get into that I'll do in a future episode just about the metabolism and muscle burning. But basically the body turns into a furnace by eating this way. So you don't have to like, like, and it's also a lot more flexible. Like you can go on vacation and eat more and not have to worry about it as much because you have spent time building a healthy metabolism, building muscle on the body which happens again through heavy lifting, prioritizing that as if it was an entree and cardio and walking and whatever else you like doing as side dishes. But that heavy lifting and hypertrophy, which means, you know, lifting in a range, typically 12 to 15 reps, or I learned today six reps away from failure in an exercise that is going to promote muscle building. So again, that's a whole tangent. But I got my aesthetic results without really trying. Like I was trying, but I the result was not what was the result was not what I had envisioned in my head uh, it would be because I was open to it. I was just like, okay, I'm gonna feel good and see what happens. And it ended up getting to the exact ex- <laughs> getting to the aesthetic result. Sorry about that. That I had always wanted. So it was very enlightening for me. And because of that, I want to eventually offer this for other people. At the end of the year, I'm going to be um, offering strength programs and I'm going to be offering some sort of uh, macro program as well that's going to be coming in the next month or so. So I just wanted to announce that here just so you guys knew that it was coming. And it's going to be taking you from you know, maybe tracking at the beginning, I will meet you where you are to then, uh, especially, you know, putting an emphasis on that mindset and self-love, but eventually getting to a place of intuitive eating and educating yourself to the point where you know how to toggle back, back and forth between them. So that is sort of why I wanted to offer this. And I want you to know that again, whatever you want to do with your body is totally fine. And I think that, we need to get to that place where we know that whatever we're doing for ourselves is good for us and feeling confident in that because there's so much noise out there. And it really is only recently that I felt like I had the strength to finally start talking about this and not feeling like I needed to be held back or silenced because maybe some of my peers didn't agree with what I said. No, this is what is in my brain. And if you're a client of mine, like, you know that I think this way and you know that we put, you know, love and self-care and your mindset and the health that you have in your mental state before anything else. So I would not actually recommend tracking for people who are in active recovery for an eating disorder or are in an eating disorder right now. If you feel too attached to your numbers, whether that is your weight whether that is your uh, the amount of food that you're eating, I would just hold off until you do a little more work, and you know, with your mindset. And maybe tracking will never be for you, and that's okay too. Um, you know, there's so many 
ways that we could get to our goals. Tracking is just a tool that you take, that you do sometimes, or maybe never. You really have to know in your heart if it is for you, because some people start and they're like, this is just too obsessive for me. And it is starting to spiral me down into like negative thoughts and behaviors. And that's cool too. Uh, Because whatever you want to do with yourself is okay. Can't reiterate that enough. So what are macros? Again, this episode is really going to be just an overview of them. And then in next week's episode, I'm going to be talking about how we can begin to track if we want to. So nutrition is actually the study of the interaction between humans and their food. So it's the relationship between humans and their food. So it's not only what we eat, but it's the relationship between the body and the food. Um, And this is such a wonderful foundation for optimal health, both mentally and physically. It's great for digestion, blood sugar regulation, mineral balance, fatty acid balance, and hydration. And nutrients are the chemical substances contained in the food, in food that are necessary to sustain life. So Nutrients provide calories, contribute to the body structure, (laughs) regulate and assist in the functioning of all body processes like hormones and enzymes. So food is comprised of four macronutrients. That's where we get the word macro. So that is water, protein, fats, and carbohydrates. And when we speak of macros, you know, we should have a number of ounces that we should be drinking per day at a minimum. So you get that by taking your body weight in pounds, dividing it by two, and that is the number of ounces you should be drinking per day. So let's say there is a 120 pound person. That means that they would drink about 60 ounces of water per day at a minimum. If you drink a lot of diuretics, so coffee, alcohol, sodas, diet sodas, or if you work out, it's likely going to be more, but that 60 ounces would be the absolute minimum. So that really takes care of you know, one of the macronutrients of water, but then we have protein, fats, and carbs left. And that's where we sort of play around so that we can get optimal functioning in the body, having appropriate amounts of each that are going to work for you. There's also two micronutrients, which are vitamins and minerals, and we need all of these. So a lot of people say that, you know, you can just sort of eat whatever, as long as you're in a caloric deficit, which we need a caloric deficit in order to lose fat. So if you hear of people saying, oh my God, this person did keto. Oh my God, this person is plant-based now. And like they lost all this weight. Oh my gosh, this person is paleo or they did a whole 30. If you hear something and the result is that the person lost weight, they're just doing something that created a caloric deficit for them. So there is no magic. There really is no like um, quick fix here. If you've ever worked with me, you know we don't do quick fixes in anything that we do, even in business. Um, But we know that the caloric deficit is the number one thing that's needed. So that makes it a lot simpler because you can actually still include some of the foods that you really like, like chocolates or whatever, you know, pizza every once in a while, so that you can fit in the foods that you want to have as long as you are still creating the caloric deficit. Now, I do think that we need to have an emphasis on food quality too, because typically if we're in a caloric deficit, the definition of a caloric deficit is that the amount that we are eating is less than we are taking in. So we are, you know, we have sort of a budget of foods. We want to make sure that those are promoting fullness and satiety since we're going to be eating less food than we typically would. And because of that, it's better to have whole foods that are going to make you feel fuller for longer versus having processed foods all day that are going to 
make you really hungry potentially. And, you know, they're just not going to be as satiating as whole foods. So that's the reason that I promote whole foods because it's like, okay, if I have this budget, I might as well just feel full, as full as I can. And if I want to have some other stuff, I can, you know, see how they fit into my day. But most of the time, I would really want you to focus on whole foods because they're just going to make you feel better overall. You don't have to think about food as much because you're going to feel satiated and full. And then add in the other stuff as needed, you know, that really starchy or fatty things. Of course, I do think that all foods fit for people. If you do not have, you know, an allergy or if something makes you feel like crap in your body and your brain, I know a lot of people feel that way around sugar meat included. So I know what foods, even though I follow like an all foods fit mentality and I promote that for my clients, like that abundance mindset, that legalization of foods, then it's up to us to decide, is it actually worth it for me to eat this thing? I know that for me, gluten is never worth it to eat. So I just don't eat it ever. And it's been many years uh, that it's been like that. I know that for me, really sugary like cakes and stuff don't make me feeling great. Like don't leave me feeling great. I mean, so I know that for me, those things just aren't worth it. So your all foods fit mentality is going to be personalized to you based on what you want. So that's just really important to begin with. And I do think that if we have that abundance mindset around food, then it's easier than a lot of times foods lose their allure. Many times we are so obsessed with food just because we've told ourselves that we can't have it. And there's that like scarcity energy around it. And it's, oh my God, it's scarce. The diet starts tomorrow. So better have it all now. Or, oh my God, like I've decided to go off the rails just for one hour. So might as well fit in as much as I can. But what if we said all foods that are, are allowed at any time, like It doesn't, maybe you go through a tiny period where you, and this is like a premise of intuitive eating, maybe you go through a tiny period where you feel like going crazy with it, but eventually you'll get to the place where like, oh, this just really doesn't make me feel great. And then you can really see foods for what they are. And like, it's just food and you can see that they don't have that like energy that calls to you anymore because it's like they're allowed. So they're not scarce anymore. Now you can actually make an educated decision based off of your goals and your history of like whether you actually want it. And there's a lot more involved in there too. There's podcast episodes that I have about this, but that is a great place to begin when it comes to thinking about like, what do I actually want? So the most important, arguably macronutrient is protein. So proteins are literally the building blocks of the body. They're made up of amino, of amino acids. So they literally make up your organs, nerves, tissues, and muscles. If you want to build muscle, complete diet. Dietary protein is not optional. Many people are vegetarians out there and vegans, and it doesn't mean that, you know, you can't build muscle on a vegan or a vegetarian diet. It's just going to be a lot harder to do that because many of the protein sources in a vegetarian or a vegan diet are filled with carbohydrates as well. So quinoa, beans, legumes, all of those things have a lot of starch as well. So you just have to be very strategic, maybe have some protein powders, maybe um, have some other, you know, make sure that you balance those sources with your carbohydrates. So you're not just eating, you know, a ton of carbohydrates all day, but there is ways that we can do it strategically. So if you want to build muscle, again, complete dietary protein is, op- is not optional. 
we need to consume complete proteins that contain the full amino acid profile, which are proteins from animal pro- which are protein from animal sources, dairy or whey protein. So basically when muscle is built, you know, if we look at it cellularly, it needs a certain profile of amino acids. And I won't get into what those are because you don't really need to know that uh, at this level of understanding, but animal foods, which I will get into in a moment, contain that all of those building blocks. So picture, you know, your muscles have um, like empty spaces of those amino acids. Then when you eat, they come in and it fills up that those animal foods, you know, prime prioritizing those primarily are going to come in and fill in those blocks to begin to build that muscle. Again, it doesn't mean that like the little protein that broccoli has or that quinoa has or any of those things, you know, most foods have protein in them like peanut butter and nuts and, you know, some protein powders, but they are not primarily protein. So when we are characterizing these foods, it's important that we look at what is mostly what is predominant in them. And for example, peanut butter is not a protein, neither are nuts. Maybe they do have protein, so does broccoli, but they're going to be primarily, broccoli is going to be a carbohydrate and peanut butter and nuts are going to be fats because that is the prime, you know, primary makeup of them. So of course the protein in peanut butter and veggies and whatever else, fruits, does count, but we do need to make sure that we get in protein sources such as fish, shellfish, chicken, turkey, beef, pork, eggs, full fat dairy. So cheese, yogurt. I love Greek yogurt. You could even do low fat, which is, which can, you know, sort of balance out your fat and whey protein as well. If you wanted to, wanted to do a plant-based protein, then I would recommend, you know, a brown rice based protein, you could like a protein powder, you could do tempeh, tofu, edamame. I would, if you're doing soy, which is what tofu is made out of or made up of, or tempeh, or edamame, or if you do like a processed soy, which I wouldn't really recommend, I would just try to make sure that they're organic because soy can be pretty estrogenic in the body and it's not great. (laughs) It's just not the best choice. Uh, You can also do beans and lentils are wonderful as well. You could even do like uh, a black bean pasta or something. Those will have protein, but you do need to balance the carbohydrates in them. So that is protein. We want to make sure that we have it at pretty much every meal, every single time we eat. So 25 to 30 grams per meal. Um, It's typically going to be four to five ounces of an animal food, about a cup and a half of yogurt or cottage cheese, one or two scoops of protein powder. You want to make sure that you have that about three times a day at each of your meals or broken up into the amount of meals that you want to eat. So next are fats. So contrary to popular belief, a high, fairly high percentage of good fats are required for optimum health. Fats do a lot for us, plus obviously they're how we make our food taste good. So fats provide a source of energy. They are the building blocks for our cell cell membranes and hormones. They're required for the adequate use of proteins. You can't use your proteins without enough fat. So they also serve as a protective lining for the organs. And they also play a key role in slowing the absorption of food for proper energy regulation so they keep you fuller longer. So have you ever been on a low-fat diet and you feel like you're starving? 
that is why. So when we eat fat with our meals, it allows that to last longer. And that's why it's in protein. I'm thinking about protein so much that I just said in protein. (laughs) That's why it is important to have fat at each meal because it slows the digestion. It's going to make it last, your food last in your stomach longer, and it's going to make you feel full. So fat, protein, and fiber are going to be the three things that are going to help you stay full at each meal. And I would try to have a mix of fats from both animal and vegetable sources. So not going to get into the science behind fats. So the fat sources that you should go for most of the time are things like avocado, coconut, coconut oil, olive oil, nuts and nut nut butters, nuts and seeds, nut and seed oils, ghee or grass-fed butter. I love Kerrygold animal fats like bacon fat or tallow or lard. Um, even if you cook like a salmon or a steak, that would count as well. I do not like processed fats like canola oil because if you just Google how canola oil is made, it'll make you not want to eat it anymore ever. It's kind of like gasoline in a sense, like the way it looks, Um, but it is very inflammatory to the body and sometimes restaurants use those. So if you feel like maybe a little bit bloated or puffier in your body after you eat at a restaurant, that might be why. Personally, though, I think it's worth it sometimes to go out to eat. So that's just like something I know might happen because the social factor, the fun that I have is just going to make it worth it for me. Um... So it's just something to keep in mind and knowing that you have most of your meals at home, it's not going to make a huge, huge deal. So carbohydrates. So this is a huge sort of debate. And should we have carbs? Should we not have them? Should we go keto? Like I probably get one keto question a week. I was keto for a while, many, many years ago. I did not eat a banana for a really long time. And I personally will never do keto again. I do not think that it is optimal for hormone health for women. I don't think that if you're doing high intensity exercise or lifting heavy, I don't think that you should, that keto is your best bet. Also, if you want to build muscle, you need carbohydrates and you need food. So the insulin involved with eating carbs is after your workout is actually going to, insulin is a hormone that gets released when we eat carbohydrates because our blood sugar goes up, insulin is released to make it come down. And that is necessary for muscle building in that sort of window of eating your carbs. So if you want to build muscle, it's necessary that you have carbs. So I understand that it's a touchy subject. You know, I do think that again, what matters most is the caloric deficit. So even if somebody is keto, it might mean like, okay, well, they're just in a caloric deficit because they're eating less. Um, So I do think that also from a satiety perspective, like we just like carbs, like they're really good (laughs) to eat and they are delicious. And if you do well on keto, then it is likely that you won't be able to eat carbs again in the future because carbs also contain the most water molecularly. So there are, you know, hydrogen and oxygen (laughs) atoms in a carbohydrate like molecule CHO that's literally what it is and um you know like if you look at the periodic table of the elements or whatever so it has a lot of water so if you're not eating carbs and then this is also why people lose weight on a diet that doesn't have many carbs because they're just basically losing the water 
and then they eat carbs again and they just bloop like a balloon just sort of you know absorb it all back up and that's because of the water contained in them so you feel great initially but i don't think that it's a long-term strategy for most people because it's fun to eat them as humans we like them for me it keeps me satiated to have fruit and bread and oatmeal I will never recommend that somebody uh, eliminate those completely because even though you might see shorter term results, because what we're looking for here is sustainability and who doesn't want to not eat carbohydrates. Uh, I do think that we can be strategic with them. So I don't think like each of us has a certain threshold that we can have. And once we go over that, if we want to get scientific, basically the carbs are stored in the liver and once we, um, and in the muscles, but once we sort of eat over that and they're not used, they get stored as fat in the body. So it's just important to be strategic with them. Maybe keep your portions to half a cup, depending on your activity level. Um, you know, have some fruits, vegetables, you know, non-starchy vegetables and starchy vegetables, but just keep an eye on the portions because, you know, it's easy to overeat them. So it's just a matter of keeping an eye on them. And that is another reason why tracking can be beneficial. If you are strength training or heavy lifting, it's important that you get carbohydrates too, because of the glycogen, which is literally glucose in your muscles. So that can be used. So in your workouts, you're lifting heavy, they get used up. Then we eat them again in your post-workout meal, it gets replenished. So carbs provide energy for your brain and muscles. They help regulate protein and fat metabolism, and they provide fiber. So if we are having fibrous fruits and vegetables, those are going to be things like berries, you know, picture things with a lot of water. So broccoli, cauliflower, uh, peppers, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, cucumbers, you know, things that have a lot of volume, things like apples, which Honeycrisp apples are delicious right now in October. Um, so we want to get most of our carbs from complex carbs because they are going to have that fiber in them. So veggies, probably prepared whole grains. If you are sensitive to them, you can soak them for a day and then rinse them. You can also buy them sprouted, which can be beneficial. Uh, we should aim for mostly unrefined complex carbs because of the fiber and because they have vi vitamins and nutrients that won't give you such a high rise to your glucose. Again, not saying that you should never have like sugar or any of that, but it can be easy to overeat them. So it's just good to sort of keep it in balance. So some carb sources, sweet potatoes, potato squash, yuca, which is a Latin starch fruits, veggies, uh, white rice. Some people do better than with white rice other than brown rice or compared to brown rice because brown rice has uh, can make it hard to digest for some people. Quinoa, oatmeal, gluten-free bread, even corn, whole wheat bread and pasta. And I do think that each person should have a balance of about 40% carbohydrates, 30% protein, and 30% fat. So if you look at a plate, that would be about, you know, you just break it up in that sort of percentage in a pie chart. And if you've taken my course, Prep Like a Pro, or you have taken my course, Quick Fire Kitchen, if you've ever been a client of mine, this is basically what the plate looks like. 30% protein, 30% fat. Remember, fat is more dense. It's going to have nine calories per gram versus four calories per gram that both protein and carbohydrates have. That's why something like peanut butter, you know, one tablespoon of peanut butter is going to have a hundred calories. It's a pretty small amount compared to a chicken breast, which has 150. It's a lot bigger. Uh, so again, just paying attention to the volume. 
And each meal should, at the bare minimum, have a protein source, unlimited non-starchy and green vegetables, one half to one cup starch, depending on your activity level, one to two tablespoons fat, and then have some fruits throughout the day. And that's basically where we can begin when it comes to eating for your satiety, for your muscle growth, when you begin to track. Again, I do think that, you know, some, I heard this quote on a podcast one day, a couple years ago, that was like intuitive eating is like getting a PhD in nutrition, which again, not, that's not like the best analogy, but it also means that like you start intuitive eating once you have a lot of experience, once you know what portion sizes are, once you get sort of educated in nutrition, I do start people there sometimes and it works really well from, for them, especially, I mean, I can guarantee almost every woman listening has done a diet at some point in her life where she can sort of recognize the portion sizes. But I think now we've gotten a little bit away from that as we have done things like maybe paleo or whole 30. That's just like use, you know, where everything is like unlimited, but remember calories do matter, portions matter, and also your happiness matters. So If you're feeling like this isn't for you, that's totally okay. If you're feeling like this is something that you want to try, um, stay tuned. If you want one of those nutrition audits where I can help you with your nutrition for absolutely free, be sure to sign up at the link in the show notes. And next week, we're going to be talking about how you can do this for yourself. And I hope you guys found this beneficial. And I hope you are finding the direction that I'm taking the podcast in beneficial as well. It is something that I have been thinking about for a really long time. And thankfully there are other voices out there that agree with me. I know that so many of you that listen are sensitive, are, you know, people who just feel a little bit more as empaths because of that, our food affects us a little bit more. So I do think that for us, it is really important what we put in our bodies in terms of our emotions, in terms of our mental health and feeling balanced and feeling really good. And that is okay to honor that within yourself. Food and nutrition is something that is so layered and multifaceted and has we wrap up so much of our worth and our beliefs in. And I know that I can help you. Like I know that I was put on this earth to help people through that process and because I was in that process for so long and I really never thought that I would get out of it. And I'm not going to say like, just because I did it, you can too. Everybody's in a different circumstance, but know that everything that I put out there is to help you with the highest regard and the highest standard. Uh, And if you, if you've ever worked with me one-on-one in any capacity, you know that we spend a long time focusing on this. So if you have any questions, reach out to me. If there's anything else that you see on the, that you want to see on the podcast, let me know. I appreciate you guys listening. Can't wait to come back with more episodes soon. I have a ton of guests coming up, tons of new content. um, And I cannot wait to share with you all. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. I'm so grateful that you tuned in today. If these episodes resonate with you, it would be a huge favor to me if you could share it with the people you love and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. 